0: Welcome back to the Act 2 Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh.
1: And I'm Josh Hallman. And today, Tasha, yes. I jumped in on you. We're talking about how to have a good relationship with your reps.
0: Yes. We've talked about uh, managers and agents before, but I feel like, A, this is a massive topic and is a huge Issue with writers, I think. I feel like ever, we're always talking about our relationship with our reps. So, this episode specifically is talking about how to have a good relationship with your reps. And we actually yeah. have a lot of questions today that came from other writers who reached out on act2writers at gmail.com. So, you can do the same if you want, uh, if you have some questions or, or concerns you want covered. But yeah, we're going to go through a lot today, actually. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited too because we overthink this. Everyone overthinks the relationships with their reps at all times.
0: Is the overthinking necessary though?
1: That's what we're going to figure out today. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I think the first place we should start is, is it even necessary to have a good relationship with reps?
0: I think that's actually a really good starting point (laughs) because I've heard so many different versions of what a satisfying relationship is for writers. Like there are some writers who are very happy not having a close relationship with their reps. They just use their reps as strategic tools, meaning they'll reach out to them when they need them. And then Mm -hmm. the rep knows that that's the relationship. And there's not a lot of like creative back and forth. There's not a lot of, hey, let's strategize about um, what I should be doing this year. The writer controls all of that. And they just reach out to the rep when they need them. And then there are other people who they really want their relationship to be super close and constantly be talking to their rep about creative and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the writer.
1: Yeah. And I think success always cures any problem that you have with anyone. Like (laughs) if you have a, if, if you, if you don't like your reps, but you're having like a really successful year, you can, you're good.
0: Yeah, because you had a successful year without having to have a great relationship with your reps, which I think tells you um, how much they maybe are necessary in your particular career. Um, But I, I mean, I think even in those cases that I that I said before about the writers who use them a little differently than I think you and I use our reps, meaning they're a little bit more distant and only reach out to them when necessary. They consider that a good relationship and they consider it a good relationship because when they do reach out every six months or whenever their rep does what they ask them to do. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's very key. So is it necessary to have a good relationship with your reps? Yes. Is it necessary I to agree. be friends with your reps? No, that doesn't have to be the case.
1: I also agree. Yes, you do need a good relationship because it can go sour if you don't like each other.
0: I mean, we've we've talked about that with you and different reps that you've had sort of contentious relationships with, and it just can't work. Just it's It really is like A romantic relationship, (laughs) a marriage, because it's it's just if it starts sour, if there are things you guys aren't talking about, like it's only going to continue to boil over.
1: Yeah, that's true. And not to jump ahead too far here, but like before you sign with a rep or, you know, with your agent or manager, it is always just so important to get all of your questions out and all of your concerns, voice them, talk about where you want your career to go. Anything that you feel like you need to talk about, that should be done prior to signing. It's like a relationship. Got to communicate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's absolutely right. When you start off, and again, we've talked about this in previous episodes about how we got our managers. Like, I remember one manager I sat down with, um, he had this really specific view of what my career should be, which is that I should be the action thriller person. Um, Mm. Which I wouldn't mind writing John Wick. That would be amazing, but I don't want that to solely be my career. In fact, my career has taken a completely different turn, which I'm very happy about, which is more like fantasy, sci fi, uh, world building, fun stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, being able to say no to someone right up front and know right up front that you don't want that and kind of trusting your gut there, I think is important. And yes, laying down kind of the law when you first sign with someone and what that means to me to be to get very specific about what that even looks like that conversation it's it's not first of all it's not rude to do this i think a lot of people writers in particular feel like they have to walk on eggshells a little bit once they get a rep because it's such a huge hurdle to get one that yeah it
1: feels so good
0: it just you're so grateful you have uh-huh. to have someone on your team and then there's this fear like oh if i lose them then that's the end of my career, or I'm back to square one. And so like fear kind of guides you and you start to walk on eggshells, which as we know from romantic relationships is never a good place to be. That's the same here. So I think, yes, in those very first conversations you're having with whoever you sign with, you should very much have a meeting and the meeting should look like this. By the end of this year, these this is what you're saying as a writer, by the end of this year, these are the kind of jobs I want to at least be put up for, if not get. Like I want to be staffed on a TV show. I want to be taking meetings at a studio to be able to try and pitch on a movie there. And then Mm -hmm. in five years, this is kind of where I want to be. In 10 years, I want to own my own production company. So just so you're giving your managers and your agents a very clear trajectory that you want to be on so that they understand what their marching orders are. And then part of that conversation is going to be, okay, now that you know what I want on the year, on the five year, on the 10 year, what do I need to be doing as a writer to be achieving those goals? Because they they know what they need to be doing because you told them. <laughs> now they need to tell you what kind of samples you need to be writing, the kinds of relationships you need to be making, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to have a plan for you. So I think you have that meeting up front. And actually for me and my team, we typically have that conversation at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year so that we're we're always on the same page for the year to come.
1: Wow. That's great. Has it ever drastically changed, like your plans or your goals? Like whereas maybe last year you said something and then this year you're saying something else?
0: No, I think my goals have always been pretty much the same. But I think what did change is at one point I got an A-list director attached to one of my projects. And to them you could see them light up (laughs) because (laughs) – and they they said this very clearly in that meeting, because you also want your agents to be honest with you. They're like, oh, Tasha, that bumps you up to a whole other level now. Like we can now start introducing you to producers who are at a higher level at their company, first of all, but also producers that are just at a higher level generally in the industry. And we could put you up for jobs that are a bit higher now because you have this A-list director attached to your thing. Whereas before, um, they they saw me as at this kind of like middling level uh, or even like lower than that and they were kind of sending me out in that direction um to you know pitching me as that middling person to producers and, and whatnot and getting me meetings at that level and now a sort of a step up so there's that conversation too i think that yeah you can be having
1: all right well let's take this back all right let's, we jumped um, ahead we did and you might have just covered this, but like, what are your what's your relationship like with your reps? Like, is one stronger than the other with your manager, or your agent? I think I know the answer to this. I actually, I'm a hundred percent sure.
0: Yeah, we talk about this a lot. For me, my relationship with my manager versus my agents is drastically different. So I have a TV agent, I have two feature agents, and then I have my manager, who is just kind of an independent person. I think I may be her only client. Um, I'm actually not sure, but if it's not just me, it's she has maybe a handful. And um, my relationship with my manager is like, I will invite her to my wedding. Um, We go and do like painting classes together. And she often will just call me to just check in on how I'm doing non-writing wise. And she very much is invested emotionally, personally, as well as career wise and financially in my success. And I think, yeah, I would definitely consider her a very good friend and trust her creatively. And then my agents, I love them as well. (laughs) Um, But like they're, they don't read all my stuff that I'm writing, whereas my manager does. Um, They'll read it when it's ready to sell, but they're like, I'm working on a bunch of stuff right now. They have not read any of it. (laughs) So let's just say that. Um, They will instead, if like my manager calls them and says, Tasha's doing good. I read the draft, it's good. That's enough for them. They don't need to read it. So that's my relationship with them, but like they're, they're still my team. I still, you know, talk to them probably once every couple of weeks, just kind of updating. They're checking in with me. I'm checking in with them. What about you? Like your relationship is also similar, but different.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the same. I feel like with my manager, he's also a friend, but he's, you know, I don't, I probably would invite him to my wedding if I wasn't already married.
0: You guys hang out and like before pandemic would go out to drinks and improv club and.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I love him. He's yeah, he's great. But it's it's a yeah. I don't know how it happened. He's he's a friend of mine at this point. You know, he's always very honest with me about stuff. And there's a very good balance between the work and uh, friendship, I guess you could say. And then agent wise, exactly the same. Like on the agent side, it's all work related. I don't hang out with him, although I have once and it was on, it was on accident. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I just talk to him when something's needed, when there's a final draft of something, I can kick ideas off of them. Uh, and this is like my agent for years now, but we're not, we're not as close as my manager. I think that's kind of how it is. Unless you're a writer who had fr- like was a friend with an agent and you kind of have been with them through different iterations of their career and then you just become buddies over like 15 years of being in the industry
0: i have definitely heard of people who are friends with their agents but it is it is kind of what you describe. like they knew them as they were coming up in the business maybe or maybe they don't have a manager and right. they've been with this agent for so long that they needed to use their agent as their manager. Like this relationship we have with our managers, they've just kind of projected onto their agents. Um, I guess I just never needed that because I had my manager. But it's to each their own. It's honestly like what what makes a good relationship with your reps is what you feel like it should be.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's deep. I feel like there's something, (laughs) there's a couple levels to that.
0: I remember there was a time where Cousin Pete had left the business, my first manager.
1: Shout out to Cousin Pete.
0: Shout out to Cousin Pete. And I was in that middling phase of like, oh God, what do I do? I'm not going to have a career without a manager. I'm lost and confused. And luckily (laughs) I had agents. So they kind of set me up on, I know you hate this, uh, metaphor, but in this kind of like internet speed dating situation where I went to all these different management companies, some of them very big. And I remember trying to like ask for what I wanted and then they would in return tell me the kind of manager that they were and I really appreciated that honesty because I could be like okay you're that kind of manager I don't want that thanks <laughs> you know wow um, yeah i think cool. it's very much it's very important for you in those first meetings when you're because they're interviewing you but you're interviewing them too so you need yeah. to kind of be and this is what i would say in the meetings is like I really would like a manager that I can kind of use as a creative partner to go back and forth and kind of really get in on the ground floor with some of this stuff and, and get in the dirt with me. And some reps would be like, okay, that's not really me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll, be there when you're ready to sell, but that's not really me, or I'm not good at that or whatever. Or they'll be like, we have other people at the company who can do that, but not me. And I'll be like, well, then I'm not going to sign with you. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, yeah, so yeah.
0: saying that up front is actually not rude it's absolutely well within your rights to do and again remember in those first meetings you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you even though you don't feel that way you're going to feel scared and you're going to you're going to feel like you absolutely have to sign with this person because they reached out with you and you don't have anyone else but as we've talked about before picking the wrong person can lead to disasters
1: man i get so worked up with this like topic because of the power dynamic that exists that it's like the first time you meet with these people, it's like you're talking to like a disappointed parent or something. Or you just That's want to true. make them feel good. You're like, just like me. Just okay. here. I wrote, I poured my, you know, my heart out on these pages. And do you like it? Oh, <laughs> thank
0: God. Yeah. Anyway. Again, just the metaphor here is, is, is this a romantic relationship you'd want to be in? Just think about that. I'm gonna
1: figure out a better me- <laughs> I'm going to figure out a better metaphor because it makes so much sense, the relationship one. But I want to figure out a too too much sense.
0: Yeah, it makes you want to be too more much clever. Sense. And
1: everyone uses it. So I want to figure out a new one. But all right. So going back to your manager because that's who you have your your stronger relationship with. After you signed with her, what happens then?
0: Um, I think you have that kind of come to Jesus meeting where you are very you very clearly state what you want in mm-hmm. the year in terms of your writing goals. Okay. And then you get their feedback on how to achieve those writing goals and I think you are also, out of that meeting, you want to get a clear understanding of what they're supposed to be doing. And I don't think you leave that meeting until you, until they give you some kind of answer. And that answer should look like, okay, you want a job at a studio? Then we're gonna try and get you meetings at production companies that have deals at studios. That's a great first step. And that's doable. That's something they can do because they you can send them your sample. They can send that out to even if you're just meeting with like the creative executive or even like the coordinator who's on their way to becoming an executive at these meetings. At least you're getting FaceTime at meetings with companies that have deals at studios. You're one step closer. So it's, it's just it's having these anyone. clear, yeah, exactly. Um, it's clear to have the it's good to have these clear marching orders. So that I think would be the first step. Once you actually sign with someone so that you're on the same page, because I think a really big thing I keep hearing from writers who just sign with someone is, well, what do I do now? Like, what am I, should I be emailing them stuff? Yeah. Are they supposed to be reading my stuff? Like what? I'm like, well, you should establish that right up front. (laughs) And that comes from you saying, I want someone who reads my stuff with me. I want someone who does this. I want someone who does that. So be clear. And again, it's not rude to do that. It's what you should be doing. And I think also, to be honest, I'm not a manager, but I would imagine a manager appreciates that. They appreciate someone who comes in with a plan because they have so many clients usually that their bandwidth will depend on which client they believe in, which means which client is working the most, which client is, mm-hmm. is improving the most, which client seems to have the most ambition. They're going to you know, funnel their energy towards that person. And if you come in with a plan, well... I, think you're way ahead of a lot of writers you don't.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's really important to voice that out because that's essentially how they think of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they can clearly more clearly wrap their mind around the kind of writer you want to be. And that means they can pitch you better. So it you're benefiting them as well. So then I mean, I, we kind of touched on a lot of these, but I think to make it sort of easy in a perfect world for you, what do you think makes for great representation like what are the components of a good rep what is like the checklist if you could could make a checklist of of what the best rep looks like what do you think that is
1: my manager moving on just kidding (laughs) um (laughs) just
0: sign with my manager and you're good
1: i'm good no he's the great (laughs) jay-z no i think um first of all they need to be on the same page as you in terms of like what you want to write let's just start there they hey this is what i want to you you agree with me, someone who responds, someone who's open to collaboration. Uh, for me, with a manager, someone who's developmental, kind of like a hustler, I guess. Like, that's my my personal take. Like, that's what I really personally appreciate out of reps.
0: How can you tell <laughs> that your rep is a hustler?
1: What I mean by that is just someone who's, like, very, very hungry and constantly trying to grow their own connections as well as mine. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. And I I just I got that sense from him, and I think both my like my reps are just very hungry, and I like I never got a sense that they're like burned out. And anytime I send someone something, they're responding to me or they're trying to set up meetings. Everyone's very responsive about it. So I guess that's hard. That's a good question. It's hard to pinpoint. I think you can just tell. Yeah. You just know, Tasha.
0: I think that also younger agents and managers tend to be very hungry because they're so new. Just like yeah. writers who are or who are and at the start of their career taking any job they can get. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's similar to a younger rep who's just starting out. And oftentimes the advice is- How young is, are we talking? I mean, it's like, it's. I mean, it honestly depends. There are some, I mean, agents and, and management, big management companies will groom their assistants to then become junior agents and managers. And those people are super hungry because they have no client list to themselves at all. And as they're transitioning to becoming a manager or agent themselves, they have to prove themselves to the company by developing a network, actively developing a client list of their own. And so they're kind of willing to take people that maybe their senior reps aren't going to be taking, which means newer writers. So that could be, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to say age wise, but like that's the general career place where where, where I'm talking about a young up and comer, but your reps are obviously not those people and they're still big hustlers, but there are some agents and managers who you can kind of tell sit on their laurels the same way that some writers can. And when they hit a certain level where they have their client base who are working really well for them and bringing in the money and they don't have to do a lot to continue to bring in money and so they're just not gonna do a lot for you and again that's a gut thing you're gonna have to feel but just pay attention to that personality trait that's out there
1: yeah well what's your checklist
0: it's a lot of the same thing you're talking about um for my manager i don't require them to be a hustler i I require more of a creative hand holding that stays between you and me that word um yeah 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 they they listen to what you want in your career which you kind of said and they're also very clear with you on how to go about doing that even if it's some tough love like tasha your samples aren't ready for the studio level you need a better sample okay at least i have a direction you know (laughs) at least i know what i need to be doing um yeah yeah they respond to you quickly is a big one as you said sorry i interrupted you
1: No, I was just going to say, kind of along the lines of what you're saying, is just complete transparency. Even though I know that's maybe impossible to get in Hollywood, but just
0: you want to at least feel like it's complete transparency. It probably is not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean when I I remember, you know, even with uh, my manager, like getting notes at a certain point and just completely him just kind of shitting on certain things and this and that, and I really appreciated it because it was like. (laughs) Even though it was, you know, hurting my hurting my soul, it was like helping me in a sense. Where I was like, okay, this makes sense. I see where you're coming from, and I just want you to be honest with me and not lying to me. And like, oh, I'll do this later. I'll do this later. This person's not available. I can't set you up on this meeting. Just tell me the truth. And I'm like,
0: right, just tell yourself. me they didn't like the script because then yeah. I know that I need a better sample.
1: I bet. I wonder if like if Jay Z ever hears this, he's just gonna be laughing and being like, oh my god, I've lied to him so many times. <laughs>
0: Poor little Josh thinks that I'm honest with him.
1: Oh, this poor, <laughs> poor man.
0: All right. Checklist. Um, yes. Response to you quickly. I think for me, actually, my reps always reply the same day. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, are they actively getting you generals? Are they actively at least trying to get you pitches? That's number one. Like that's, that's oh, yeah. basic. Basic job description for them. And what's sad is I feel like the majority of reps I or writers I talk to um, say their reps aren't doing that very basic thing. So that you're, if your rep's not doing that, they're not repping you, right?
1: This actually brings up something interesting because if you're just starting out, you're just writing specs, something to that, you write, and like, let's say you have a spec that goes out, you do the couch and water tour, you do all that, you meet everyone, you have your generals. And then let's say nothing comes of it. You're on to the next project. There's this gap of time when you're working on your next project where maybe you feel like you should be going on meetings, but I think from the reps' point of view, it's like, get me something else. You just had all of these meetings. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
0: It does, but also I would get meetings off of a script I wrote in college. Like, I don't know how I'm not gonna do the math there. <laughs> but but I, a long time five ago, years
1: ago. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah.
0: five years ago and that's a that's risky business because you don't want everyone to be like really like all around town only everyone has only ever read one script from tasha does she have nothing else but uh this is, this is yeah. crazy
1: You wrote something in college that you were still taking meetings on black bell i've like oh that's oh my god Oh, that's right. I forgot. Well, you were actively working on that. I thought you meant something that, like, you had written once, and then...
0: Oh, I guess I had done drafts. This is my Bounty Hunter Western. That was my main sample until very recently. But again, it was my main sample until very recently. So it was a movie, a feature sample that they would just send out, and it kept getting me meetings and kept getting me meetings. So I actually have never had the conversation with my reps of Tasha, we need something new from you in order to send you out on meetings. That's never been something, a conversation I've had to have. And I know it's a very common conversation, but I've never had it. And so it confuses me because if my reps are able to get me many, many meetings off of an old script, I don't understand why (laughs) that can't be true for everyone else. That being said, I'm also constantly always working on new things. Um, So it's not like I have this one sample and I'm not producing it. I'm not working on anything else in the meantime. It's just that just happened to be my best sample, even though I was working on other things, if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. And I think that's the key is that you were working on something else. I feel like there's a trap where, and we've talked about this, but you write one thing And that's it you're kind of like stuck you don't know what to write next you're hoping maybe something sold or you're hoping to get more from one particular script um i've i know this has happened to people friends of mine where it's like you write something you spend all this time you take meetings it doesn't sell and then what and and you don't have the next thing to work on so in your case i guess the moral of the story is to always be working on something because it reminds your reps that you're working on something
0: strong yes Thinking again about sort of a checklist of things, I think something, this this is maybe just icing on the cake, but something that my reps do is they try to help me in places that I'm weaker in. So like pitching, oh. they very much kind of helped helped me in those early stages in particular to better myself at pitching. So invited me to come into their offices and just practice pitch to them and that benefits them too right because then i get a job and then they get commission so yeah um, no, it's so great yeah so they're helping me there They help they offer to help me be better at being in generals which i didn't take because i was like i can i'm not as awkward as i seem i swear you guys just scare me <laughs> this, is,
1: this is so crazy to me that you need like you're not the person to me that would need help in a general. So this is like mind boggling <laughs> to me that someone would say to you like.
0: That just shows you like how shy and scared I was when I first met my agents.
1: <laughs> your writing must have been <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> like.
0: She's so awkward, but she can write. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I don't believe it. One day I'm going to ask uh, your manager when I ever meet, if I ever meet her.
0: I want, I would like that. I would love some behind the scenes information, please.
1: Yeah, at your wedding, like you said, you would invite. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I think uh, something that you said that they're honest with you is really important, and I think there's a line in there where um, there's dismissive, and then there's honest. Meaning, yeah. Uh, like I had an agent at one point who he he would he read my stuff, he read my TV samples, and he did the whole like agency thing of like, oh yeah, it's super good. I have some notes, but you know, it's it's good, it's good. But what do you have next? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? If it's good, I don't need to give you a next thing. <laughs> you need yeah. to be able to at least get me interviews for jobs, at least get me into you know staff writing interviews based on this thing you said is good. And then finally it came out. The truth is um, it's not good or he doesn't think it's good. He doesn't think it's good enough to get me a staff writing job. I need to c- come up with something else. And then that's I took that and I was like, okay, that's a note that I can work on. Um, but then I started hearing other writers say they're getting staffing job interviews based on feature scripts and I have a really good feature sample. So why yeah. is my TV agent not trying to get me staff writing jobs based on feature? Sam- why is he not basically trying every single avenue possible to get me a staff writing job? And that became very confusing and years went by. And every time I would have that yearly meeting of, hey, I want to get in a staff, a staff writing job, I would see no result from that. And so my gut just started feeling a little sick and I could kind of tell that something was off there, that he claimed to be honest with me, but was actually just being completely dismissive. And I don't think he was actually submitting me to jobs. I think he was claiming he was and that my sample wasn't good enough, but I don't think he was (laughs) because as soon as I got a different TV agent, the story completely changed and I suddenly have like five TV jobs.
1: Wow, can we say the name of the guy? No. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's really interesting because I this kind of goes back to the whole power dynamic. With reps, I feel like writers sometimes think that reps just know best. They know yes. everything. And, they, and you you go into these meetings where you're like, this person knows more than me. And it's just really strange because a lot of times reps are human beings who are just afraid to tell you the truth because maybe they have their own issues and they're afraid to double down on their opinion because they might be wrong. Hmm. And I, I just think it's really important to remember that at any time. with I, This might be going off topic of how to have a good relationship with your manager or agent. But no, I think advice
0: that they're human is really good. <laughs> yeah, reminder. it is. I
1: mean, you just have to remind yourself that like, everyone's working in Hollywood. We're all trying to get through this and they're human beings. Maybe they don't know as much as you think they know.
0: Yeah. I, we we go in there 100% thinking that. And, and 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 I think so many writers are insecure about their writing or just unsure. So on yeah. some spectrum of unsure to insecure that as soon as a rep tells them you've not done enough or this script isn't good enough, we believe them. And so they may be right and you may have some ego there, but – Do a gut check because maybe they're just being dismissive of you. Yeah. So that would be on my checklist is that they're honest but not dismissive. I think it's important that they know the kind of writer that you are because Mm -hmm. if they know that you're an action-adventure writer, they will not set you up at companies that only do comedies. Right. If they're doing that, they're not paying attention to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Be on the same page about that. That's very important.
0: It's a waste of your time to meet at places that only do comedies if you don't write comedies. So um, yeah, again, that's something you guys will talk about in those meetings that you have about strategy. And I know that a big topic of conversation for some people for the checklist is that they have to be great at notes. And for some people, they don't care. So what is your opinion on that? Like, do you feel like your agent has to be good at notes? Not at all. Is your agent good at notes?
1: (laughs) as he's great. You know what's crazy is because my agent we usually give him a polished thing where it's like, hey, this is ready to go out and people are ready to see it and we're all getting on the same page to send this out in the world. But sometimes he'll come back with three or four s- smaller notes. There never there's nothing anything that's too major, but these like little tweaks that make things better and it's always refreshing to see cuz you're like, "Oh my god, he read it. Cool." <laughs> But yeah, my agent—that's
0: agent, the bar. He read it.
1: <laughs> no, but yeah, no. Of course, of course, I do. No, I mean, I, I actually think that agents and managers should be good at notes to some degree. Like you should be able, if you're a rep, you should be able to read a product and think to yourself, "Here's where the problem is."
0: I think it depends again on what relationship you want with your agent. Like I, I have Michelle, my manager, for notes. And like I said, mm-hmm. they, they she'll literally just call the agents to be like, it's good or it's bad. And they don't even yeah. have to read it. Um, but like I said, uh, this show I, I sold to Amazon, they had to read it before we sent it to Amazon. Just as a, a final, like I guess, hurdle, barrier to the next thing. They, they just have to read it before they actually send it out to sell. And they had notes. And a lot of them are really bad. But a lot of them were also like, oh, we hadn't thought about that. That was a blind spot for us, and we're glad you yeah. you saw that, and we'll fix that before we continue to send it to Amazon. So you always, you always need, I think, an agent notes, but um, is it absolutely necessary? Not in my situation because I have a manager for that. If you need yeah. your agents to be good at notes, that's something you need to be honest about or let go of it. Because if, if you have agent and they're not good at notes, then you just need to find a different outlet for notes. Like You need to find a writer's group. You need to find someone else in your life that you trust creatively. Because I don't think it's a reason to fire your agent. Because notes no, are a very no, no, no. small part of what an agent actually does. Interestingly.
1: My brain is just programmed that managers are there to help you with development and notes. Agents are there to help you with jobs more business side of things.
0: Yeah. That's been my experience as well. I I know other people have different relationships with their agents, um, but that's our, and and I think it's the more common situation as well.
1: Yeah, we're right. Forget everyone else. Moving on.
0: (laughs) Um, What do you feel like is the fair thing to ask of your manager? Like the expectations of a manager? What do you think is fair for a writer to ask of them? Uh,
1: in general, or like when you first start working together, in general, I, yeah, I think what's fair is always uh, I can't I can't believe that responding in a timely manner is actually something that separates people. It's yeah. fucking crazy. It's yeah, basic no, human
0: decency at this point. It's basically
1: <laughs> it's like don't show up late to dinner.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: be at places on time. You just learn these things. Um, I mean, my general expectations are just to you know. Get notes back get them back in a timely manner respond to questions as absurd as they may seem and what i mean by that is hey i want to go on i want to meet this this person or can you set me up at a meeting here i want to go on a general here or whatever the case is that they respond back and say yes i'm on it or no and this is why so there's that level of transparency i guess to their decision making process when it yeah relates to your career.
0: Yeah. You say Um, I want to go meet at Pixar. And they say, okay, Tasha, you need to first write a sample that uh would work at Pixar.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Tasha Black Bell is not going to go well at (laughs) Pixar. Why? Just just
0: kill people. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Kids dying it. And uh I think my general expectations aren't asking too much. It's just kind of like the general stuff of writing a writer, notes, response time. Yeah. Set me up on meetings come on man
0: yeah yeah and then kind of flipping that then what do you feel like is fair for a manager to expect from their writer
1: (sighs) that's a great question and i think it's fair to say that a writer should always be writing a writer should always be generating ideas and a writer should also be responding like respond in a timely manner and get back and Uh, be upfront about your career ambitions, I suppose. Because I know we're talking a lot about like our reps need to work for us, but at the same time, it kind of rests on our shoulders to tell people what we want.
0: Yeah. And I think too, writers who are able to build and expand their own network without them, without a manager is also looked on favorably, I think. And, that's a really I mean, great point. Even for you as a writer, it's, it's so that the the bulk of your writing opportunities don't sit on the shoulders of one person. You're also out there meeting new people, meeting new reps, generating your own generals, which we've talked about how to do that in other episodes. Um, so I think that's an expectation that's fair for a rep to ask of their writer.
1: I completely agree. I should have said that. I'm kind of pissed at myself. Ha-ha, I, I took didn't. it. Yeah, you I did get take it. it. No, but but that goes back to the hustler of it all. It's like I feel like just in our industry, you have to actively be doing things. And maybe that doesn't mean going out and, you know, grabbing drinks with people. That just means like, hey, Tasha, can do you know this person? I want to meet this person. Can you help me? You know, can you set an introduction or like an intro or posting your script to competitions or websites or whatever the case? You're just constantly active to meet new people.
0: Yep. I think that's super important. A thing that I I hated learning as a writer because I I don't like meeting people. I don't like that that's part of my job, but uh, it actually turned out okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love it. I got it's like the best part of the job, not writing, <laughs> meeting people.
0: So I think this is a really interesting question that I've struggled with a lot, particularly early, which is, do you feel like you can share your insecurities with your manager or your agent? Or do you feel like you're still supposed to keep up this like face in front of them and kind of like sell yourself to them that you're doing okay, you got it handled, or are you kind of more honest?
1: I am pretty much always doing okay. (laughs) <laughs> that is the beginning and the end of that. I am yeah, um, you're I, always I, like I, I
0: got this. No problem.
1: I got this. I I hate I hate cracking open that insecure I mean of course and you know I've been working on something for a really long time. Of course with my manager, I I'll, I'll talk to him and just say, "Hey man, I I'm having I'm struggling here. I've been insecure about this. Script thing, but when we're talking about big career aspirations and things like that, no, I got this, we're good. Why, what, what, do, where, where do you fall in all this?
0: I don't know. This look on my face is because I'm trying to think of what I do. Definitely to my agents, I think I'm more of an I got this, no problem, things are mm-hmm. great. But to my manager, who I'd invite to my wedding, I'm a little bit more honest, but I think. I think they would all get scared if I just sort of lost it and was like, I can't do this. I can't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pull this off. But you know what? As I'm saying this, I've literally said that (laughs) to my manager. So I think I am, yes, I am very honest with my manager and I will tell her um, pretty much when I'm at a breaking point and don't want to do something or feel like I can't. Mm -hmm. And you know what is so great about her is that She doesn't do what I think she's going to do, what I'm terrified she's going to do, which is panic and be like, oh, God, did I make a mistake repping Tasha? She doesn't ever do that. Um, She never judges me. Instead, I get exactly what I need, which again, why it's like a romantic relationship, Josh. You ask for what Mm -hmm. you need. (laughs) need. Um, She will then come back being like, okay, you want to give up? Well, let's talk about it and I'll try and help you through.
1: (laughs) I'd be like, fucking quit. Go quit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> See what happens. Twitter Winner Twitter. <laughs> yeah you'd be a great manager
1: <laughs> no, no no that's great of her I think Well it's good that you're up front With your manager But I don't think I think you have a very unique relationship And it should be noted that You've been with her for years I've been with Jay-Z for years So this wasn't like Out of nowhere This Great friendship Happened It it took some time to get there,
0: right? Yes, yes, I agree. I don't think right away. Even with the the first couple of years, I was spouting all my insecurities and crying on her shoulder, right? But I do think there's a level of honesty from yourself that will be appreciated and and will will benefit you if you are about to go on a pitch. And oh, here's a better example. Um, and this happened to me early in my career, uh, where I was like, "Look." I don't know how I am going to pay rent by the time, like in six months, I don't mm-hmm. have another job lined up and I'm going to have to go get a part time job somewhere. And I remember being terrified to tell my agents that because there was a sense that I had failed and that they would not believe in me anymore if they knew I had to do another job besides writing. Yeah. But it eventually came to that because I had to tell them like, look, I can't go take that meeting at, 2 p.m. because I now have a full-time job that I'm working at and I'd like to get out of that, please. But I think there there has been points in my career where I had to be very upfront with them because I needed them to know that how desperately I needed work. And I think that's yeah. okay because I think that's, you're supposed to be course. a team and that's their job is to help you not have to have a day job.
1: Yeah, we're human beings.
0: I mean, if the pandemic has taught us nothing, it's that we are all the same. And if your rep can't kind of meet you at a human level that way, I don't know, maybe you should not be with them. Wow. That is not my job to tell you that. That It's totally (laughs) up to you. Um, Okay. (laughs) So how often would you say you touch base with your reps regarding new scripts, development ideas, submissions that you've received? Like how much is too much? How much is ordinary for you?
1: So my I I'm in a unique position as I think you are with your manager, um, because I kind of I I talk with Jay Z about stuff often, and um, we do check-ins every other week. I feel like like over the wise. phone
0: or email-wise.
1: Ah, well, just I'll just drop him a text or email or if we need to get on the phone, we get on the phone. Gotcha. Yeah, it's never really you know level of importance obviously you know like if there's a pitch or something or whatever the case if we need to talk on the phone we'll talk on the phone so it's pretty often with my manager but agent is every few months multiple months where i'll get a random check-in and i think it's like a courtesy check-in if anything why what about you you check well you you're in a right now i feel like you're always talking to your reps
0: I feel like I've gone through stages. I think early on when I didn't have a lot of work, I was kind of a squeaky wheel in a way where I wanted to just always make sure they knew I was there because I was Mm -hmm. well aware that it was easy to forget about me because I wasn't bringing them in a lot of money. (laughs) And so, um, and I also wanted them to know that I wasn't a hack. So I would every couple weeks, I think literally two, would send them an update email. Just be like, Hey, this is what I'm working on. This is where I'm at with it. I met this person on my own, you know, someone I yeah. I had drinks with on my own here is an, uh, would this is another way that I can communicate with them where I'll see that there's a really cool book that just got published or a producer bought a book and it's a really cool piece of IP. I would copy paste that article, email them and be like, Hey, can you look into this book for me? Because this is really cool. And I'd love to engage on it. And that has very often led to them getting me a meeting at that company. So I could talk about that book. So, uh, it's, you know, guiding them in that way, but yeah, sending them update emails has always been really helpful for me early on because it told them that I was actively working and Mm -hmm. it, it forced them to see my name in their mailbox every couple weeks to remember that oh yeah Tasha's still writing maybe I should get that girl you know a meeting somewhere so she'll stop bugging me and then also every time I have a general I'll email them afterwards to be like here's how the general went these are the things we talked about These are the Mm -hmm. things that you should be following up on, please. Meaning, let's see, um, they discussed a book they were trying to buy in the general. They haven't bought it yet, but they're trying to buy it. So I would email my reps afterwards and be like, this is what we talked about. One thing we talked about was a book that they're about to buy. Could you guys keep up on that? Um, Because I'd love to engage once they actually buy that book. So they'll keep tabs on it. So it's things like that. We're just kind of engaging back and forth. And just always, it's me telling them, hey, I'm working. Hey, I'm still working over here.
1: (laughs) Well, so you just made me think of something. Um, I, early on, I would reach out to my agent. I didn't do this often. I didn't know I was really doing this, but I did it. Is that if I saw that he maybe had sold something or something happened with one of his clients, I would reach out to like, say, hey, congratulations or something to that extent where I didn't really actually mean it. I just wanted to touch base because of me. Yeah. Of (laughs) course.
0: (laughs) I love that honesty.
1: <laughs> and uh, and uh, I didn't mean it at all. It, I, I guess my point being is that if you can just be honest about why you're reaching out to someone, because you're not going to get the response you want if you like compliment someone. He, you know, he'll just write back and be like, "Thanks." You know, you're looking. Oh, wait. So, what is I'm, your
0: advice here? Like, you, what do you my, wish oh, you had done ab- instead?
1: my advice was whatever I was thinking at that time was to just kind of be upfront about that. Maybe it's whatever you're saying of like, maybe I wanted to tell him I was writing something new, but I didn't cause I wanted him to ask me about it or.
0: Again, like write- a relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. This is a relationship. It's full on relationship. It's like when you're being a little passive and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I, my point being is just be upfront. I guess, like I think when I heard you say this, like when you would tell your agents that what you're working on or giving an update, that's the best way to go about doing it. Don't do like the back door of, hey, I saw that you know one of your clients did something cool. That's awesome. Just because you want them to write back and say, hey, well, thanks. What are you working on?
0: Yeah, because then I think you get insecure about that. You're like, well, why didn't he ask about me? Like, why didn't he ask what was going on with me? Does he not care?
1: And then you have to send an awkward email after that, saying, "Here, this is what I'm working on." Oh, hey, since I was thinking about you.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) this is this is flashing me back to like early dating, Tasha.
1: Oh god, young young Tasha. This this is actually a good segue about something uh, that reps can smell fear. (laughs) They smell blood in they smell blood in the water, and I feel like if you're that insecure human being. They just fucking know
0: they'll know they know they'll take advantage of you. I don't mean really take advantage of you, but they'll take advantage of the the relationship. They will not call you back. They will not email no. you back. They won't push you in meeting to meetings and
1: they'll take you for granted because they know that you you're granted. just gonna be there like a like a side piece or something.
0: <laughs> I do. I mean, I think that the biggest. <laughs> I do think the biggest thing preventing writers from having good relationships with their reps, the common thread, is a fear in is an insecurity in the writer that they're going to lose their rep, that mm-hmm. if I annoy them, they're not going to ever take my call or they're just going to abandon me entirely and then my career will be nothing. And there's there's some reality to the to the fact that they are gatekeepers and there's a big catch 22 in our business that you can't get a job until you have a rep not that that's always true it's just a common way to get jobs it's the the most common way to get jobs is through an agent or manager until you've developed your own network which is going to take yeah. a while so i get that there's that fear and insecurity there but i have never met a single writer whose relationship based on fear and insecurity with their rep has ever done anything but bring them anxiety so it's like why why even have it they're not benefiting you yeah if you have if you're building a network of friends who are also writers they will eventually be able to recommend you to a rep um, who's better or conversely stopping afraid and take control of the relationship. I think, and do all the things we've been talking about, which is email them, ha- ask for a meeting so that you can sit down with them face to face over Zoom, and say, "Here's what I want. How do we do it?" And you can say in that meeting and be honest and be like, "I don't. I this hasn't been working for me up till now, and I, I feel like there's something missing. What is my part in that? Like, what am I doing that's wrong? And then how can we fix that?" Um, so address it. I think <laughs> you don't have to abandon ship. I don't think that should be your first step. But I think addressing, addressing it and not being afraid to do so is super important.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, we say like they work for you, right? They earn money only because of you. They cannot do what you can do. Their sole job is to make you successful. Remember that. But at the yeah. same time, the ideal relationship is not the boss and they are the employer. You don't want to also make that shift. Similar to our confidence episode, you don't want to go full ego on anyone. You mm-hmm. want it to be a team. And in fact, whenever I email my reps, I always like, hey, team, <laughs> just as a helpful <laughs> reminder, we're a team. Um,
1: <laughs> hey, everyone, we're working
0: together. Working together. And I think an example of how we're a team, let me just kind of like paint the picture for, let's say you've got a job, okay? Um, how does this happen? An agent will, again, this is just one version, but an agent will... Sniff out a job, basically. they'll they'll find out that there's an open writing assignment somewhere or a book that you'd be perfect to adapt, and they get you a meeting. Well, now mm-hmm. they've done their part of the job. Your part of the job is now getting those producers really excited about you and nailing that pitch so you get the job. Yeah, and then the agents step in again and they hype you up to the producer before the pitch, after the pitch. They are hyping you up. They are information gatherers. So, they will tell you, they should tell you, how many people are pitching on this job? What are the odds of you getting this job? How much money can you expect to get from the job? Meaning, hey, Tasha, this is going to be a guild minimum job. Just figure out if it's worth your time if you're only going to be making this much versus this other job over here that could be making more. So that that's just information for you to mull over yourself. And they, they'll yeah. also be able to tell you, like, are the execs Uh, That you'll be working with, are they difficult to work with? Can you expect a good relationship with them if you accept the job? Like, what are you getting into if you get the job? And then, okay, let's say you get the job. Now, my agents are going to be working with my lawyer, my agents and manager will be working with my lawyer to secure the best deal. So the lawyer, he's going to be talking to all the lawyers in business affairs. Um, So he's he's the guy who's supposed to be the jerk so that I don't have to be right. Um, Ask for things that I would never ask for. Personally, I would just be like, oh, I'm working for free. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) But that's his job. And the agent and manager's job in terms of the negotiation phase is to talk to the creative executives. So the lawyers talking to the business executives, the lawyers my agents and manager—they're talking to the creative executives, the executives that I pitch to, the executives I will be working with—and their job is to kind of smooth things over. Any kind of uh, fires my lawyer has created, they're—they're <laughs> um, they're kind of trying to put out. They're just really trying to smooth it over on the creative side. Yeah. So that's just an example of how it's a team effort to get any job, and how and why you should see yourself as a team. Because at every single point, you're going to be needing to work in that manner.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um, just to go back to something you said about, like we've been talking about the dynamic, Uh, even though our reps work for us, we work with them as well. And it's so easy to be like, you work for me. I'm the writer. You make nothing. You know, it's so easy to do that. But like, there's a symbiotic relationship between a writer and a rep. Wait, you yeah. hate that word symbiotic, right?
0: No, uh, synergy is the word I synergy.
1: Don't like. <laughs> there's a synerget <laughs> there's, a, there's a very
0: there's a certain synergy, synergy you have to achieve. Yeah. No. On the other yeah. side though, and maybe this isn't the flip side, but as well as working as a team, I think you can also see your reps as tools too. I know a lot of writers, particularly writers who um, like have writing partners and they don't kind of need a creative uh, agent who tend to take more control of their career, I think, and independence in their career than I do. But these people tend to see their reps as tools, which I think is a very interesting way to look at them and is very viable. Meaning, for example um i just had a pitch uh last week that i did not tell them about <laughs> i did not tell them i was going out for it did not tell them i was having conversations with the producer the producer found me because we had been friends for a long time um mm-hmm. and i met him in a general just years and years ago and i was still an assistant and so he just reached out to me directly and so i went through the whole like developing a pitch process actually pitching to Netflix. And then I told them, Hey guys, I just did this pitch and it went really well because if it didn't go well, I just wasn't going to tell them, but it did go well. And so I shot them an email to say, Hey, this thing happened. I really love it. Here's why I love it. Um, if you wouldn't mind maybe making a strategic call to Netflix at this point to kind of convince them, like, do you guys know the Netflix executive I pitched to? If you do, could you guys register a call with them because now it's their time to play hype man. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, using them as tools in that way is totally okay. Like that is a super acceptable email to send to them. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do it. I like that. What do you feel like is the biggest mistake you could make regarding a rep? Like if you're a new writer and you just got your first manager, do you feel like there's a huge no that you just absolutely do not do to fuck up that relationship?
1: Um, I think it just is about being very anxious in the beginning. And I think it's – I think when you approach your reps and now you have – okay, so let's say you submit your script to a competition and you just get repped for the very first time. There is the – the desire to be very anxious about like, go, 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 go. Like, here's my next idea. Here's what I'm doing now, now, now. I think you just need to be organized with your wants early on. I don't think there's a big, big glaring no, but I know people who've been in a position where they've been emailing, emailing, emailing.
0: Like what's too much? To... Like every week?
1: Um, no, no, no. I would say every day or two. I knew someone who couldn't get on the same page with, I don't know if it was his manager or agent, but they would email or he would email his reps or rep often. You know, Here's a new idea. Here's a new idea. And trying to just find like this new idea to work on. And the rep ended up writing back saying like, dude, chill, like pump the brakes. You're kind of annoying. Like, you know, organize your thoughts and get it all together. Interesting. It always stuck with me
0: yeah that's interesting
1: yeah but i don't know if that will necessarily happen i just maybe that's an
0: i think that's the big thing that everyone worries about early on is oh my god am i am i contacting them too much or too little am i saying the right thing right now or does this make me look stupid oh yeah and naive and like i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) um but I mean, I do think the biggest mistake is probably that anxiety, those anxiety emails that just happen every few days for sure. Um, yeah. Don't email every week either, unless you have something new to report. Right. Right?
1: Yeah. I Yeah. This, I mean, we've kind of talked about this multiple times, but this, I think all boils down to just having a good understanding of what you want and voicing that. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that happens when you're taking meetings with reps early on prior to signing with anyone you know it's just if you're if there's a synergy between nope. your rep <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if there is a mutual understanding about what you want career-wise work-wise i think you kind of walk away knowing the guidelines of how to behave with your reps
0: I think that is a really great solution to the problem. It's that like you can subdue that anxiety and that fear of, Oh my God, do I email them now or not now? Not now. If you just have a meeting and then Mm -hmm. develop a plan and then you'll know how often you should be emailing them. You email them after you finish X, Y, or Z, whatever you've already discussed and talked about. So yeah, I, that's a great, great note, Josh.
1: It only took an hour, but I got it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's kind of finish by talking about like what a relationship with a rep looks like when it's ending <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> like how do you know your relationship with your manager or agent has turned sour it's never going to get back to normal
1: i only i so i've only had one agent and so i i don't know about him i've had Two managers.
0: Three managers.
1: I had three managers. All right, but let's not count the first one. That was like, let's just move beyond. There was nothing bad with that. That was just like poor timing. Um, but my one before Jay Z, my current manager, as I've talked about and as Tasha had to hear for a long time, went so sour, so fast. And it was a brutal ending. I haven't talked to him since we broke up. And I don't even remember what your question was because I got so angry <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> how did it end? I well, tried how to call him- did you
0: how did you know that it had to end? What was the thing that made you realize you needed to email him and end it?
1: We could not get on the same page about anything. There was some anger. I don't know what happened along the way, but I just trusted my gut and I was like, this is not something's not right about this. This shouldn't be as difficult as it is. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I tried to give him a call. He didn't respond, he didn't return my call. I ended up dropping him an email and it was fucking shit hit the fan after that email, but yeah. uh, that was that was how it all ended.
0: So for your experience, it's not being on the same page creatively. And if yeah, like we- I
1: said, I, I just blacked out whatever the question was and I just went back <laughs> into my story. <laughs> yeah. I'll sum it up same for page. you, that's what it was. Yeah, please, please, please just tell me what I'm trying to say. <laughs>
0: Um, I think interestingly, too, by the way, and something we don't talk about because that's not kind of who you and I necessarily are, but there are a ton of writers who do not care what their agent thinks about their idea. (laughs) Like they do not send them a list of log lines. That's just not how they work. And they go off and they write their thing and then they'll come to their agent. And that's totally fine if that's you. Completely fine. That's really cool. And I wish I was more like that. Um, yeah. I unfortunately have to always run things by my manager just to be, cause, just cause I'm like, is this a good idea? I don't know. Help me. <laughs> but the other
1: thing is like, you want everyone on the same, like this goes back to the team. You want everyone on the same page and to be excited about your idea.
0: It's interesting. Cause I actually got a job once. So it was actually a paid, paid gig that I got. After I had my current manager, so after, after I actually signed with Michelle, I got the job, but I had been kind of talking with the producers and developing mm-hmm. it before her. And I didn't really mention it to her that I was working on this until it was kind of too late. I was already on board. Uh, checks were being signed. And I remember her saying very clearly to me, I wish you had told me you were working on this. I was like, well, why? Like, what does it matter? Look, it's a job. She's like, yeah, but it's so difficult to execute. It was this very bizarre, trippy, like psychedelic, rated R Alice in Wonderland. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um,
0: (laughs) And it was just, it was very hard to execute, but I was so confident that I could do it. And I just didn't Mm -hmm. need her advice on that. And it turns out she was right in some ways. And that if I'd had her on a little bit earlier, At the development stage, she could have been like, Tasha, that's going to be really difficult to sell that version that you're thinking of. Maybe you pivot Mm -hmm. into this version Um, or whatever, whatever that conversation looks like from a creative perspective. Like she could have gotten in on the ground floor a little earlier to make that script possibly better because I unfortunately did not deliver the script that I I had hoped to. And um, that, that has always stuck with me. So it's not like I feel like I need approval from my managers and constantly need to be sending them log lines to, to decide what I'm doing next. But it's just a, cre- it's a good creative choice for me to do that. So if that's the relationship you want, again, that's totally fine. If you don't want to do that also totally fine. There's no right way. No, I regard, and I agree. And a lot think. of times
1: your well manager in this case, maybe if you send an idea and it's almost there, maybe they can chime in with something to get it there.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's just another voice.
1: And the last thing I want to say about this is it's good to check with your reps because they know if there are scripts like this circulating in the world. That's true. That's all I got.
0: <laughs> um, can we end then with the, the sort of finale of this relationship if it goes sour, which is how do you fire a rep? I've actually had to do it once before. Yeah. And I know you had because we just talked about it. Uh, how did you do it?
1: I should have made sure I talked to him on the phone. But I emailed him and just said, hey, this isn't working out.
0: Well, I called my rep who I fired. And what would so, you say? Uh, just, I don't know. If that oh, my God. You me. manned up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever had to do in my entire life. <laughs> um, but what happened for, for me was I, uh, after that, speed dating situation. I finally found someone I really loved. He was so great. It was at a company that was really up and coming. They were going to be big and they are now. And, um, two weeks into that relationship, he calls me and says, I'm leaving Mm. the company. I'm going to pass you on to another rep at our company. And I knew that rep. I knew that rep from when I worked at, uh, Uh, as an assistant at a studio, actually, because he had been an agent at the time. So I remember hearing phone calls with him all the time and how he talked about projects and clients. And I remember not liking it. And I remember in the room, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. He's a manager now. That's a different relationship. Maybe he's a manager for a reason because he doesn't want to have to be this kind of agent, um, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room. But he... The, the thing that, that made me realize this this couldn't work and made me have to make that really tough phone call was he shit on one of the projects oh. that I had done. And it was a – yeah, it was a, it was a job that I really enjoyed. It wasn't the best script I've ever written, but it was really – it was a great experience. And the people I worked with, I really liked them. And they were a really tiny company. Um, but I remember his point of view was, we don't want you to be working with these tiny companies. You like, fuck them. Like we want you to be working at these big companies. And I forget what the actual, like f- the the fuck them was about something specific. Like I think they wanted a rewrite or something. Um, they wanted to, to like maintain a relationship with me to potentially write something else. And he was like, nope, like we're gonna completely ignore them. And we're only gonna focus on big companies, which is just not the kind of person I wanna be. Those aren't the kind of relationships I wanna create. Like I don't care if they're a small company yeah, they were good people. and they gave me a job. Um, and so, after kind talking to several people about this, I decided I have to let, let this guy go. I can't work this way morally. And um the phone call, actually, firing your rep is going to be easier than you think, I think, because they've had these conversations a lot themselves. And it's really what you say is like, you know, I don't think this is working out. I just feel I just feel like there's a personality difference here. And, I thought it was going to be a much longer conversation and I was going to have to be more detailed, but he's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I was like, okay, well, cool. Like, thanks for all your time. He's like, cool. Thanks. That was it. It was like a, like a five to 10 minute conversation.
1: (laughs) That's so crazy. I'm sure so much brain energy went into that
0: moment it's just like a week of just anxiety from me yeah waking up at 3 a.m like oh god maybe i shouldn't do this maybe i should just stick it out because it's too scary
1: yeah it's just easier to be in this bad relationship yeah
0: exactly um but yeah and what sucked is i didn't have a manager for a while and then i found the right one it's okay again josh just like relationships and guess what? You can apply to programs and get into contests and festivals without a rep. So you can start building a network yeah. without them. If if you're scared of of that in-between phase of not having one, don't be because there are things that you can do.
1: Yeah. Boom.
0: So that's it. We walked through a good relationship and then how to deal with it if it sours and becomes a bad relationship.
1: Yeah. I feel like there was, we just covered a lot.
0: We did. It's, it was a lot of information. I'm sorry, but hopefully at least a fraction yeah. of that was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we wrap it up with our quote of the day, which feels applicable? Yes, do it. Don't lose faith in what you are trying to do, even though you will get pummeled emotionally left and right. There are a lot of no's to any yes, and that's okay. Jennifer Lee. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at act2writers at gmail.com. That's act2 spelled out, writers at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at act2writers. And that's what we got for you today. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify.